Welcome to the Divorce TV show and we have an expert interview with our own Susan Cal Miller and shared story from Tommy Maloney of blending the family all the way from the USA and we'll end up with a lovely healing meditation from Susan at the end. But we're going to move on now with the news. I'm going to begin with the, the Tatler and they're talking about Sheikh Mohammed and Princess Haya's historic divorce proceedings which are now underway. The High Court recently found that Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum ordered the hacking of the phones of his ex-wife and her lawyers amid their acrimonious split. Earlier this month, news broke that Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, Prime Minister and Vice President of the UAE, ordered the use of spyware to tap the phones of his ex-wife, Princess Haya bint Hussein of Jordan, and her lawyers, according to the findings of London's High Court. Now, legal proceedings relating to their divorce are officially underway as the 47-year-old princess seeks a settlement following the breakdown of their marriage. The legal action, which the Times dubs the biggest divorce case in British legal history, officially began on Wednesday the 27th of October. It will see Princess Haya, the daughter of former King Hussein of Jordan and his third wife, Queen Alia, and the half-sister of the current King, Abdullah II, push for a share of the 70-year-old ruler of Dubai's fortune. Over the course of a 10-day hearing, High Court Judge, the Honourable Mr Justice Moore, will determine a payout for the princess and the former couple's two young children with whom Haya fled to London in 2019. The youngest of the Sheikh's six wives, she reportedly left for the UK after her husband grew suspicious over her closeness with her British bodyguard. The Times adds that although the hearing took place with journalists present, experts have hypothesised that the settlement could break the current record of a £450 million award secured by the former wife of the billionaire Russian businessman Farkad Akhmadov, Tatyana Akhmadova, in 2017. After a lengthy back and forth, however, Akhmadova ultimately accepted a cash and art settlement worth only £150 million in July of this year, according to the Evening Standard. Haya is being represented by leading divorce lawyer Tory peer Baroness Shackleton of Belgravia, who has been called upon by a host of high-profile clients, including Sir Paul McCartney, Prince Charles and Liam Gallagher, as well as the princess herself and another of her lawyers, Nicholas Manners, Baroness, Sha who, Nicholas Manners, Baroness Shackleton is believed to have had her phone tapped with spyware under the orders of Sheikh Mohammed, according to the ruling of Andrew McFarlane, the U UK's most senior family court judge on the 6th of October. The Sheikh denied any knowledge of the hacking. Sheikh Mohammed has previously attempted to have the case kept out of the media but lost a legal battle after a number of publications argued that they should be able to report on it. In the wake of the phone hacking reports earlier this month, it was also rumoured that the Queen will no longer invite the Sheikh, an ardent racing enthusiast and founder of the prestigious Godolphin Stables, to the Ascot Royal Box. Oh there, that'll get him, won't it? Move to Pakistan. UCA News talks of the division of Christian divorce in Pakistan. I found this really interesting. The absence of a cohesive personal law system leaves Pakistan's minorities vulnerable and without adequate legal relief. Father Anthony Abbas was prohibited from attending consultations on Christian marriage and divorce law in Karachi Archdiocese. 
The Catholic Bishops' Conference of Pakistan isn't satisfied about sanctioning Christian divorce directly through civil courts. Many priests are not happy about such separations. The faithful should turn to canon law. Our priority at parish level is to keep the serenity of the marriage bond. It is not our job to separate couples, he told UCA News. On October the 27th, the parish priest of St Thomas Church prepared proceedings of a divorce case for referral to Archbishop Benny Travers of Karachi, the lone canonist in the Southern Archdiocese. It's the second case in two years in my parish. The divorce rate is higher among the English-speaking Goan community than in the Punjabi community. We also involve community elders for reconciliation between couples, Father Abbas said. Christian personal laws are a thorny issue that has created a divide between human rights groups and the Catholic Church. Activists advocate amendments to the Christian Marriage Act of 1872 and Christian Divorce Act of 1869, perhaps a little out of date, which legalise marriages between 16-year-old boys and 13-year-old girls thus conflicting with regional customs. Two of Pakistan's five provinces, Sindh and Punjab, have passed laws prohibiting child marriage, although Punjab allows girls to be married at 16, while Sindh has a minimum age of 18. Section 10 of the Christian Divorce Act allows husbands to prove adultery as the only reason for dissolution of a Christian marriage. However, the Christian wife could petition, could petition for divorce if her husband changes religion, marries another woman, becomes guilty of incestuous adultery or rape, sodomy or bestiality, or deserts without reasonable excuse for two years or upwards. Furthermore, a non-Muslim marriage can be invalidated if one of the two parties converts to Islam. Both government and church committees have been negotiating for decades to update the laws relating to Christian conjugal conflicts. In February, Human Rights Minister Shireen Mazari announced that the draft of a new bill to address laws governing marriage and divorce has been finalised. The draft law was completed after 150 rounds of consultations conducted by the Ministry of Human Rights with various churches and Christian leaders. It has been with the Ministry of Law and Justice for more than two years. In July, the National Lobbying Delegation of Minority Activists urged government to submit it to Parliament for consideration and adoption. The absence of a cohesive, codified personal law system for minorities in Pakistan leaves members of these communities vulnerable and without adequate legal relief for many family and marriage-related matters, claims the Karachi-based Legal Aid Society. An inability to attain legal proof and documentation on marital and personal status provides difficulties for several religious minorities, especially their women, who face serious challenges in remarrying, divorcing, separating, adopting or even travelling abroad, stated the Legal Needs Assessment Survey published last week. There is also ambivalence regarding the divorce and dissolution laws with many women from non-Muslim communities explaining how men from their community are afforded more rights through this colonial era legislation than they are. Women must overcome all these legal and institutional disadvantages and obstacles to seek the legal recourse they need for domestic issues so that they can receive a sufficient alimony to simply survive in an economy that does not value divorced women, much less divorced women from non-Muslim communities. On October the 26th, Archbishop, uh, Archbishop Joseph Ashad blessed the new ecclesiastical tribunal for nullity of marriage cases in Islamabad Rawalpindi diocese. A team of five priests, three of them canonists, took oaths as the tribunal's personnel. 
This is the first time we've had an office and a proper setup in the diocese, which is celebrating its Platinum Jubilee. Many cases were delayed, says the article, and people used other tactics, such as converting to Islam, creating a negative impression of the church. Our aim is to save family life, which is a gift of God, and facilitate people, said Father Kamran Yunus, the tribunal's notary. Christians, says the article, should give priority to the laws of the Bible. Using them for personal benefits results in disaster. Even in cases of adultery, we prefer bringing them back to goodness. Our office is still a new concept. We plan to educate catechists and priests about how to file the petitions and get quick information. So going to help them to become divorce strategists. Father Abbas appreciated the initiative. Such an office is still lacking in Karachi, the largest city of Pakistan. Archbishop Travis deals with such cases alone or delegates other priests. We prefer the term separation, he said. Peter Jacob, the Catholic director of the Centre for Social Justice, urged other dioceses to set up tribunals. It's a welcome step and a good beginning. Competent people, including at least one lay competent lawyer, should be part of the tribunals to avoid unnecessary delays and complications in civil courts. It will also clear the road on reconciliation more than the ordinary courts can do, he said. The draft law on Christian personal law should have large ownership. It is a matter of justice and law above theological interpretations. Different interpretations can't cultivate a consensus. It should be done in accordance with universal principles of justice. And now from the to the other end of the scale, Grazia. When it comes to airing divorce dirty laundry, online what's the protocol when a friend dates your ex-husband some of you may have some comments on this please do feel free to share them after ian grifford went instagram official with his ex-wife's friend alice evans took to twitter to accuse them of having a three-year affair so she says it turns out that my husband after two years of telling me i'm a bad person i'm not exciting and he no longer wants to have sex with me and he just wants to be on set abroad has been in a relationship for three years behind all our backs good luck bianca she says this was the tweet posted by actor alice evans the same day her ex-husband ian grifford went instagram official with his new girlfriend and former friend alice bianca wallace former friend of Alice, Bianca Wallace. It spawned a storm of Twitter reactions, some showing empathy for Alice, others attacking her for taking the scandal online. According to Alice, who has been married to Ian for 22 years until January, January this year when they separated, filing for divorce in February, uh, the couple had been seeing each other for three years. She claims the pair have been having an affair long before they went Instagram official, with only Bianca's friend coming to her defence online claiming this is untrue. Both Yun and Bianca have not yet spoken publicly on the claims. I have personally known Bianca for years and they have not even known each other for three years, let alone had an affair, wardrobe assistant Amy Douglas, who works on Yun's TV show Harrow, posted on Twitter. I'm also her friend and I know they didn't. As I said, they didn't even speak to each other until the end of season three. Don't buy into these lies you're being fed. You totally and absolutely know that they started seeing each other before he told me he didn't love me and wanted a divorce, Alice replied. If you want to get into this, we can, but spitting on the victim isn't a great look. That was just one of a series of exchanges Alice has had online since posting her tweet last night. Some positive, others markedly negative. Now many have told her to stop taking this situation to social media, but according to Alice, it's helping her heal. 
Guys, thank you so much for allowing me to talk and work all this out with you, she said this this morning. Lone and Lynn and I have been together for 22 years and not a day has gone by without taking talking yes take without talking to each other what i found out today ripped my heart out twitter has allowed me to get a sense of what is wrong and what is right i know a lot of you felt i was embarrassing myself by discussing it publicly but try to understand how much that helped me as did all of you with all your amazing thoughts her words begged the question is publicly airing your relationship issues or marriage fallout the right or wrong thing to do what do you think this is the bit where I I have to say I'm not that keen on what she's doing. While some point to her how her children, of which her and I don't know if it's Ian or Lone, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, but I'm going to call him Ian, have two daughters aged 12 and 8, might react to seeing this online. Others claim Alice is embarrassing herself by tweeting so profusely about her despair. But in a society where everything is shared online, is posting about your relationship troubles or heartache really that different to posting the highs of your relationship? Good question. What do you think? We consider certain behaviours post-breakup embarrassing when done publicly. Sadness, anger, jealousy. But they're all emotions we experience, stages you go through to move on from any heartache, particularly those involving betrayal. We tell people to hide those parts of themselves, said the article, to not air their dirty laundry, as if they should be embarrassed by the fact that they've been cheated on or care deeply about another human being leaving them. Our value rests on taking the high road, on not appearing too hurt or moving on with dignity, but all that does is embed the idea that sharing our darkest emotions with others is somehow wrong, that someone else having power over emotions makes us weak. In actuality, experiencing real pain after a breakup is just life and a part we shouldn't shy away from. In the social media age, being open about your grief, how hard marriage breakdowns can be and clearly caring very little about whether someone deems you embarrassing is actually quite brave. It might not be how you would react post-breakup, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. The article claims it certainly shouldn't result in a pile-on for Alice or presumptuousness trolling of Ian or Bianca. As with all celebrity marriage breakdowns, we only see a window of what someone's relationship and divorce was really like. And while Alice has invited us to share in her pain on this occasion, respecting the wishes of all parties is vital. Perhaps if we as a collective did that more often, a celebrity getting real about their hurt post-divorce wouldn't seem so controversial. Grazia has reached out for comment from Ian Grifford and Bianca Wallace. I don't think they've had anything back. Uh, uh, whatever you think, please do share, but uh, I, th I feel the article's being a little bit light on the fact that if this isn't her healing, this is her just having a real go and 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 she they do have children who can read so um i do believe you shouldn't not put your your personal feelings out and share it with your followers i don't see that's a problem but she's not just giving her personal feelings she is attacking and that's a very different thing in my opinion and certainly not really helpful for the co-parenting what do you think so to something a bit more sane and calm, we're going to introduce now Susan Carmilla, who is our expert interview for tonight. Hello, Susan, and welcome 
Uh, you're a regular on the show, but we're going to talk about something very interesting today that I don't think we've really talked about with you before. Because um, you do a lot of work, don't you, with women's health and reproductive uh, health. I do do that, but I'd just like to add for a moment, I thoroughly enjoyed your last bit uh, about airing dirty linen. Um, very interesting, because 10 years after my marriage broke up, I wrote a book about it. But I think hers I think hers was probably a knee jerk. I had two children as well and I was all that was always my concern. But I it was very therapeutic ten years later because it's got lots of other things in as well. That's not really a plug for the book, but I found it very interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a good point. And I and I agree. I think it's good to get these things out, but there is a difference between <laughs> expressing your pain and having a go. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a line there and I'm not sure yeah. that the article writer was kind of making that clear um, but on, on reproductive health I was really interested to talk with you about this today because I've recently have had uh, cases with women who are getting divorced and they've had egg, eggs taken out and put into um, a safe place and they want to keep them they don't want to give them up with a divorce so there's elements around that yeah, the rights to that but also in as you know divorce settlement should you be asking for uh, the money to f keep them frozen for the next 10 years for example in case you do want to have children and um, I, I you know I, my thought is actually I think that sounds very reasonable but it's a tricky area and you work with but there's so much stress around it even if you're not it's not involved in the divorce mm. so perhaps you can t share with us some of the work that you've been doing so uh, because of the stress work that you do of course it's yeah. not you don't just have to be around reproductive health but it's a pretty pretty intense experience so it's a good example of, of the way you work with people yes I've had experience to do with uh, sperm samples, uh, frozen sperm, to do with reproductive and infertility potential pregnancy. What do you do? How do you make your decision? The situation I dealt with was a young, uh, uh, a couple in their thirties. The husband had was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and. They didn't have any children. They they thought it would be safer. They'd ask the advice. This is all to do with stress and, and what do you do? What's the best thing? They, they asked the specialists, will my husband become sterile? The answer was, there's a potential. So they did freeze six samples. He did become sterile and I've got to, I don't have to watch because I'm very safe with what I'm going to be saying. I've had a, a great testimonial and he, they, they needed to have these samples. I came on board when they'd had three failed attempts with IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. And they were deciding that um, the, the young woman would go through IVF, which is, a, which is recommended, but it's an extremely stressful experience. There's so much involved with IVF, for example, going everything, if one, you can imagine, a lot it's of- hormones, isn't there a lot of the hormones I've been told 
that you get yes. to have to have a lot of hormones and it can make your mood changes and be really really oh, difficult yeah well the long and the short of it is that i worked with the young woman and i'm going to take some credit for this because she's now pregnant yes well done so uh <laughs> but that samples sperm samples eggs frozen eggs what do you do one might imagine that one might imagine that you wouldn't want to use those eggs but of course it depends on your age it depends on mm. everything that you that you're formulating and going through the also to do with hormones and trying to get this subject back to divorce how much i'm not suggesting that it's that it's all female, that I'm siding with the females, absolutely not. But hormones and in relationship, perimenopausal and menopausal, how does that balance relationships? You know, I, I work with all that kind of thing. I work with reproductive health. And actually, <laughs> I'm doing well, Susie, thank you. Right at the moment, I'm I'm promoting a, a program I've been working on for a very long time. It's called Mind, Body and Balance, Healing Reproductive Health. Anything to do with reproductive, anything to do with chronic health, if your mind is not in the correct place, if you're stressed, if you're emotionally feeling imbalanced, if you're troubled with negative emotions, blocked beliefs, all these things need to be addressed so that you're calm and receptive. Yeah, especially if you want to get pregnant. <laughs> especially if yeah. you want to get pregnant, otherwise there's too many blockers in the way. Could you give some uh, a couple of examples of, or even one example, of how your course works? Because presumably this is something where they don't get to come and sit in a room with you. At the moment, this is part of a, which is going to be a bigger, a bigger program, you know, a one-to-one. -one. At the moment, this is this is this is not a one-to-one. -one. It's six pre-recorded master classes, and I offer proven techniques. I'm a health coach as well to do with the lifestyle prescriptions and chronic health. And the program is ideal for women who have suffered miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, infertility. But then endometriosis and fallopian tube problems, and then it's genital, it's genital health. And if I may say, when people are having relationship problems within a marriage, potentially, and everyone's different, everyone has their own unique chronic symptom, if they unfortunately have a chronic symptom, but relationships and sexual stress or fears or anxieties can lead to genital skin problems, which are wow. certainly not discussed openly. And yeah. lots, lots of the negative beliefs that someone can suffer are absolutely unfounded, but one cannot help to have these beliefs, things that are I mean, herpes, for example, is, is one which everyone assumes. See, that's me generalizing with a bold statement that, that someone's been hyper promiscuous. 
Absolutely not. It's mm. to do with the autoimmune system. So it's that's what my program's about. I'm, I love it and I'm excited about it. So, so people I always say, obviously, obviously, often say during a, you know divorce strategy sessions. I'll, my last question is is always, how are you? Usually, where people go very quiet for a bit, but actually, um, if you don't look after your stress levels and your and your mindset, you can get ill, and but and you won't necessarily realise that that illness or that inability to conceive is going to be the you know the root cause. So, yes. can you give us just a little example in the masterclass of what kind of thing? Uh, would people be experiencing? Are they, are they just watching a video or do they have uh, to they're, interact? They're watching a video, they're certainly interacting. They're interacting for three quarters of the, three quarters of each hour segment. I'm, I'm teaching them various for each of this, there's six episodes and each one has, there's clean language, there's heart maths, there's EFT, there's, there's quite, there's a lot, 50% of the six exercises um, can be EFT, of the videos have EFT because it's so good at reducing stress. But I go into different aspects of the stress. It can be their feeling of unhappiness. But then we can go into the feelings of how their reproductive organ is speaking to them. So we're developing it. It's not just the same thing. And the, as I said, there's clean language and heart math. There's something else that's escaping me just now. That's, uh, oh yes, values. We, we I, I do a lot of coaching to do with values and what they're looking for in life, what their expectations are, what their, ex, what their blocked beliefs that need reduced are, but it's moving forward. What do you want from life? What are you waiting for? Um, to round off, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, a, a lady that you, you was, it was all right to speak about her case because she'd given a great testimonial. So, what 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 was her the results that she got that she's happy for you to share? Well, I'm going to quote from a piece of paper. She said, "I was struggling to manage my anxiety. I had lack of control to do with any of the medications I was on, and I needed to to feel safe and secure." Uh, I started to look for things to do. I needed to, I knew I needed to find things to help me because I was having beliefs of, or thoughts of, I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready to be a mother perhaps. Uh, what happens if I end up on my own? I've had two failed cycles already. I'm, I'm just not good enough for this to work. I mean, she wrote that in her testimonial. But it turned around. We, we worked with the negative beliefs. We worked from other, uh, you know, earlier memories, which were a lot of our stuff is earlier memories, which gets in the way of life when we're an adult. So she was in a happier, more contented space and she did her homework. Sorry, that's really important. You have to be ready to do the work and to practice and to do it as a matter of course if you have an aim at the end you have to do the work she was ready um, and the end result for her was the end result is that she's pregnant uh, she must be about 12 weeks now maybe a bit more Excellent. and I'm going to take some credit for that maybe not a lot <laughs> but I'm certainly going to take some credit why not 
absolutely no that's brilliant thank you so much susan and please do uh when i send you the links later put in the comments on the different platforms uh info links to that information so people can find out more and um, i'll see you later for the healing very interesting how how this whole um reproductive side uh because the stress of the, of the of the divorce and of course you're carrying that into the next relationship so if you're stressed talk to susan and because this is this friday today friday uh is very much a fo there's a focus on the ecological and climate emergency that we are most definitely in massive flooding in uh, uh, in the lake district today and more to come no doubt so how can you be greener in your divorce so i had a little think and i came up with uh, three things straight away that you can do which would be great if all of us did but definitely you've got an opportunity to, to do this when you're divorcing one is pensions so you're looking again at pensions you might be splitting pensions even if you're not even if your pension is staying perfectly intact there's lots and lots of pension companies now who have divested from fossil fuels they're doing the right thing voluntarily and probably because they've realized that long term maybe fossil fuels are not such a good idea so if you uh, but there's still a lot who haven't so ask those questions um, when you talk to um, your pensions advisor say how can i make this greener let's let's do this while we're at it that would be a really really good thing to do if all divorcing people dealing with pensions did that that would actually cumulatively encourage all the other pension companies who haven't been bothered to change to get their act into gear uh, because unfortunately the government haven't yet made it mandatory to do that and um, it should be, be good if they would but in the meanwhile it's down to us as usual bank accounts so you're often going to be creating new bank accounts changing your bank accounts i recently cut up my blue card and my gray card uh, because both of those banks love spending millions and millions investing in fossil fuels so they won't tell you that on their website uh, and there aren't that many but i found uh, starling bank i'm sure they won't mind me saying this here uh, troidus is very ethical they have a card that is actually biodegradable and nationwide building society so that's in the uk hopefully in america there are some too so seek out it's so easy to switch yeah they move all your direct debits for you you do it on your app it's just so easy so again while you're sorting all this stuff out take the opportunity and finally avoid court now i don't think anyone's done a study yet on the cost of just the amount of paper that's involved in in a long court case compared to popping along online possibly with your mediation and just sorting it out and and you, you, it, there's got to be a huge difference there so by simply keeping it out of court apart from all the myriad of other benefits uh, you could also be saving the planet at the same time so we've got our shared story now all the way from usa Now, welcome to Tommy. Susie, to how are you doing? <laughs> welcome back. Lovely to hear your 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 dulcet tones. Now, remind us, where in America are you? I am in uh, Denver, Colorado, which is um, a beautiful state. Folks from across the pond, come on over, visit. You get to see mountains. 
Uh, we still, even in uh, this month of uh, October, we still haven't seen any snow uh, lower elevation. So, Have low you, Colorado. Sounds beautiful. Have you been saved the ravages of forest fires and um, and uh, flooding and all the and tornadoes which have beset so many other parts of the states over the last few years are you is it is it a quite a calm place to be weather wise uh it depends what day it is um a couple of years ago we had uh we set a record for the uh, quickest jump from high to lows we went from like 90 degrees to the next day we had a blizzard so it, when when people say there's no such thing as climate change, come to Colorado, yeah. you'll see it, <laughs> or or anywhere at the moment it seems. Yeah. Um, and you and you're blending the family. I can see the sign in the background. So for those who haven't met you before, and um, before you share your story, just just remind us of what the the work that you're doing there with helping families to be better blended families. So blending family is the name is also the name of uh, the podcast I do every week. Susie, you've been on the podcast before, and I feel that this is this is the only way we communicate. Susie, we need to go offline and yes. just have a conversation. Besides <laughs> our, our wonderful shows, so uh, blendingfamily.com. Uh, you can find me there. Where uh, I've got writings, I've got a new book coming out. So that's the world of Tommy and blending the family. And what's the story you're going to share with us today? So it's it's somewhat apropos. You were talking about the uh, the Twitter where people are airing their dirty laundry, and I was actually having a uh, conversation today with a fellow uh, coach, and she and I were talking about as far as when uh, being a former ex-husband and having to write an email to our former spouse and not using. Um, or maybe using a little too much colorful language. And so what her and I uh, were talking about is making sure you have somebody editing your emails, making sure that you know somebody else looks at them before you send them because it could ruin a weekend. And what I mean by that is uh, when my son is now 18, he's in university, and but if I had sent my former spouse an email, a nasty email, that could really ruin the weekend. So um, I, I, again, one of the things I've had to learn, and luckily my, my wife now in, in the past was my editor uh, for those emails going back to uh, my former spouse as far as you know, co-parenting. I mean, co-parenting isn't about who's the better parent, it's about the children. And you know, the, the story is I was really bad. I would send out emails in the heat of the moment versus you know taking a step back and just reading what i wrote and then saying mm, maybe i shouldn't send this out because of the tone and as we all know as adults you know uh, especially in corporate america if we send an email out or even a text the person on the other side might interpret it differently and so the thing i've learned as a uh, former spouse is to make sure that Somebody is looking at that email before you hit send uh, because I've gotten myself into nasty, nasty waters uh, in, in my past with my former spouse. It's, it's so easily done. And, and to be fair to Alice Evans with her, uh, her upset is that she, uh, she says that her daughter saw um, 
learnt about what was going on via Instagram, but it just does seem that she, it doesn't quite add up for me because she definitely, uh, there's no, even if he was seeing that her friend beforehand, which would be very upsetting, um, it's surely she's making it far more traumatic for her daughter going on and on about it it's just and and it may and it may even not be true but she's just decided it is so it's it it do you see this uh with the work you do that sometimes parents are just so angry and so upset that they uh they they use their excuses how upset the children is but they don't seem to notice that they're the ones doing most of the upsetting one of the first consultations i had with uh my lawyer was make sure you don't put anything on social media because the mm. other attorney will be able to get that. And I learned that they actually went through my LinkedIn profile to make sure that I had not uh, disparaged my former spouse. So it's 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 interesting because your, your previous guest, Susan Miller, talking about, you know, she put information in a book but it was after the fact. And it is one of those situations where her book is probably helping others. But when you're in the moment, I'm not a fan of uh, uh, airing the dirty laundry, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. But it's it's, it's a fine line. But like you say, the best advice you've given is, is have somebody else check what you're going to send and and if and find somebody find somebody who's not bitter and twisted and angry against their own episode <laughs> very very important that's brilliant thank you thank you so much and for the podcast you're going to be putting a link to that aren't you when i send you the links later so people can find yes. the podcast yes Excellent. i will yes and have you got any good good uh, episodes coming up that you want to share they're all good susie they're all good <laughs> they are awesome they're awesome brilliant thank you so much and i'll hopefully have you back on the show soon bye for now tommy thanks Susie. so what listen to the podcast is great podcast and even when i'm not on it so what we have here uh in the tiles in the best way to divorce dot online will just take you to the app store if you haven't downloaded the app and you're in any phase of divorce or co-parenting it's a useful thing to have and it's free to download and the one i wanted to just point out today was the um it's actually the divorce one-to-one support one and that's where there's different options of having a bit of me and the reason i brought it up was because i had a, a lovely uh, gentleman contact me recently he'd actually been on a workshop in the past he'd been in the div- secret divorce group then he's like i'm fine now and he left and off he went and then i got a call and it's not unusual there's this this gap and sometimes everything's fine and other times it's just not happening the the they seem to be spending a lot of money on legal fees things aren't moving forward and i said to him that's why i really encourage people to stay in the support group until it's really finished because you know you think it's all fine and the next thing you know it's not so he's actually going to have a a one-to-one session with me to put him back on track but and, and that's great for me but for those who stay in the group, make use of the free session once a month where I do a group Zoom session. I'm doing one tonight, in fact, after the show and where they have the chat available. What we try to do with that is uh, a very, very low cost and free for the first 30 days is to help keep people out of that situation where they're tearing the hair out and thinking, I don't know what to do next. So I just wanted to highlight that one. Now we're preparing for 
Meditation, just what I need. And I'm going to bring you in now, Susan. And what we can do, we can do some form of meditation. Yes, it's a beautiful opportunity of white light healing meditation. Lovely. Right. I shall give you the floor. Thank you. Oh my. <laughs> I see the floor. <laughs> Hello everyone and thank you for choosing to gift yourself this time. Sharing with me as we benefit from a beautiful white light healing meditation. Give yourself this opportunity and please make sure you're comfortable. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. It's up to you. Become aware of your breathing. Observing your breath and becoming aware of your body from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. And be aware of any sensations in your body. Begin to gently relax. Sense your face muscles relaxing. The muscles around your eyes and your scalp. Sense a comforting, calm feeling flowing down through your whole body. And I'm going to ask you to please imagine that you're in a beautiful, tranquil garden. See yourself there now. A beautiful garden. Choose which season you're in. Fresh green spring garden, a beautiful flower filled garden or an autumnal garden where the leaves are changing and blowing about in the wind. A garden filled with trees and plants and flowers. Take time now to explore this tranquil space and use all your senses to bring in a stronger picture. See it, smell what's going on, visualize it. Bring in the beautiful colors. Hear sounds, birds singing, leaves rustling, a special garden, a sanctuary from your busy life, a sanctuary from a stressed or challenging scenario that's going on in your life. This is a time for you. Feel yourself being filled with a deep sense of peace in your mind and in your body. As you feel yourself relaxing in this beautiful space, this beautiful garden. And now begin to visualize a beautiful ball of white light. A ball of white light above your forehead and feel this light vibrating 
above you. And now begin to allow this light, the healing aspect of the light to grow in size until it gently but completely surrounds you. Feel cocooned and safe in its warm, healing light. Take in the sense of this white light filling your aura with its healing rays. Take this opportunity to allow healing. Feel the white light sinking into your body, filling every part of you. Spreading down past your forehead, behind your eyes, relaxing you even more. Sense the light spreading and flowing down your neck, completely relaxing the muscles in your neck and throat. Begin to relax even more as the white light spreads over your shoulders and down both arms all the way to the tips of your fingers. Imagine the light flowing down your back, your chest into your heart space. See your heart pumping, pumping the light into every vessel in your body. The light flows through your spinal cord, from your brain down your spine, flowing through your nervous system to reach every single muscle and cell in your body. You feel deeply peaceful, profoundly relaxed, perhaps more than you could have thought possible. The light now flows into soft tissue organs hips, into your thighs, the light flows into your knees. Your knees are the first part of your body which moves you forward. Allow your knees to feel this feeling. It'll help you with everything that you're moving forward with in life. Positivity, then down your calves to your feet. You're completely filled with this wondrous, bright light. Focus on your heart space. Your heart gently opens to this warm, healing light. Feel your heart being filled with love for yourself. And you're opening your heart space to the universal power opening yourself to the healing power of the universe. Feel that gentle energy flow through you as you open up the channels to love and to this healing energy. Bring your attention to any particular part of you that needs the extra help today. Any part of your mind your body, your soul, which needs healing. Surround that point with this gentle, powerful white light. 
and feel this intense light healing any illness or sadness or grief. Surrender and allow this feeling. Every cell of your body filled with this wonderful energy, permitting you to feel happy, offering you vibrant good health, your body returning to health and well-being. And now very gently allow the white light to leave your body and shrink to the small ball above your head. Watch it slowly disappear. But so importantly, know that its healing power is yours to call upon at any time. It's truly yours. Feel relaxed, ready to face the world. Take a deeper breath. Gently begin to move your body, little tiny stretches. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Namaste. Thank you, Susie. Thank you, Susan. That's delicious. In the war of divorce, on the battlefield of family separation, always make peace your weapon of choice.